the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! If you are watching, you've just seen the abuse that Steve hurls at me on a regular basis. Make this the abuse. Double, the double deuces, middle fingers. Wow. Double middle air. fingers. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, hey, uh, I just finished up doing some cameos, Steve. Uh, did you? My first rounds. I got six requests. So thank you. Uh, Steve did get me on Cameo, so if you'd like a Cameo for any reason at all, I actually had somebody reach out and ask for a uh, History Corner, so I gave them their own private personalized History Corner. I love that stuff. Yeah, so I'm on Cameo. It's on my Insta stories if you want to swipe up on that. By the way, um, so much to go through. Steve, do you want to talk about what you just told Jesse and I before we really get into this show, or is this something you're going to leave for later? Because, I mean, we could make it into a heck of a tease, or it could be a heck of a story. What would you like to do? Hmm. Okay. Sure. Like, do you want to wait till the story's more complete to tell it? No. Uh, we've we've gone too far. Adam. Okay. We've, All right. So go ahead. We've got- tell us. Tell us what you just did because um, because Steve was under the influence and did something historical. You might say. Okay. Yes. So I was feeling a certain way. Broccoli emoji, if you will. And um, I uh, I remembered this the other day. I was out getting a haircut, and you know how you you know you 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 zone out and you just start thinking of random stuff and i just start laughing right girl cutting my hair is like what the, what's so funny i'm like i just remembered the other night i broccoli emoji and i bought <laughs> i bought a book on king edward the seventh and his many lovers and mistresses and the reason this subject interests me as we've mentioned before on the podcast there's a rumor in my family that my great grandfather is the bastard son of king edward the seventh Right now, I'm working on a family research project to either prove or disprove this, among many other things. <laughs> so I, I bought this audiobook. What I had forgotten also is that I found the author, I found their agent, and I emailed them <laughs> asking for permission to speak to the author because I have some questions. To my shock and surprise, this morning I got a response. <laughs> So now I'm just asking a bunch of questions and also discovering the ghosts of my family's past. That's pretty incredible. That could be a chapter in your next book. Yeah, I I had uh, the family history was I was pretty good. I had a lot of it, but there's there's a lot more. That's a there. little more salacious than what you had. That's like a big deal, man. There, I mean, that, I think that's so cool. I believe the family rumor more than I used to. I also I spoke to my grandpa's sister so i guess that'd be my great aunt for the first time in my life uh she lives in florida um and i don't know i never had the opportunity to speak to her she's 93 and sharp as attack so i got to ask her all sorts of stuff it's this listen we all need our little hobbies and obsessions through all this crap this is mine this is mine i found it it was playing red dead over and over and over again (laughs) and at some point i'm like you know what I can't make Arthur do the thing that I want him to do. Didn't want to spoil the game for you there, folks. So why don't I try this? Why don't I try this? And I'm having a, a, so much fun with it. So much fun. Oh, Adam, we're we're contacting um, like people for historical records. Oh, it's exactly the sort of boring thing you would adore. Oh, I would just die. I would love it. Actually, I'm working on something too, but I'm not telling you guys what it is. There it is. Wow, thanks, so, man. I am working on something I'm really excited about. 
and it probably comes probably will happen this summer but i'm pretty excited about it and i can't wait to reveal it to you because it's something i've been working on and thinking about for years I so bet. i'm very very excited in the meantime um, I would just like to say that my mug arrived from sdpn.ca <laughs> uh, and my t-shirt and Steve has got none of it. And by the way, the t-shirt is embroidered. So Jesse was right. This isn't just some iron on crap. This is like the real thing. I can wash this and it's going to survive. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's um, like good. Yeah. And look yeah, at how well uh, it fits my chest. <laughs> Damn, bro. Chesty. I'm so chesty in my dangled Navy t-shirt. Adam Swole Corner. That's Steve, right. I have your things sitting right behind me. The- what did he get, Jesse? Yeah, show, yeah, show what did I get? What, I what did we oh, get? You, got, you got the whole package here. All right. You got, Damn right. You got your Letterman jacket. Got my oh, jacket. The jacket looks jacket. so good. You got it your is. Dangle Navy tee. Nice. Uh, your sweatpants are in here. Adam, oh. what's the review on the sweatpants? You, oh. You've worn them. The sweatpants are mint. That, like, they're so comfortable. First off, if you've got a gigantic bum like me, they oh. pop a little lift and they lift other areas too. Didn't know that was going to be possible, but it was noticeable. So uh, I got a few weird DMs from people. It was really strange. What? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Listen, when did TikTok make it okay for everyone to be a perv? Well, I don't know. <laughs> like absolutely everybody. That it, hey, nice sweats. Freaking leave me alone. I'm comfortable. It's a pandemic. <laughs> God. Oh, man. It's... I didn't, stupidly, I didn't order any Adam's History Corner stuff, which I should do. So I'm going to do that next. That'll be my next order. Um, for people that are wondering, uh, and Jesse, you can correct me here, but from what I understand, the American listeners are getting theirs first and then it's coming to Canada. Obviously, COVID, their border restrictions are a little bit more difficult. Uh, but everybody, if you've ordered in the first week, you should have got it by now, I would think. Well, right. yeah, roughly. Yeah, roughly. You can, you'll get your email with your tracking number and all that. So yeah. you can follow along your journey. If you're we're not Amazon. We can't get it to you the next minute, but we're no. trying. <laughs> it takes okay. a little bit. <laughs> does take some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. Okay, so Hi, I would um, like to order. Here's your package. <laughs> what? The Amazon already knows what you want to order. It's on the front page as you as you log on. It's a little scary. It's just Jeff Bezos with his glowing head like South Park. Anyway, sorry, Adam. <laughs> so <laughs> there has been uh, very little leaf action, uh, as in none, since the last show. So, guys, my question is: Do we do where the who wears the crown? Uh, yes, because we have a sponsor, so we need to fulfill our obligation to okay. the sponsors. You know, it's so, like when they they force the season to come back in a bubble because of the sponsorship dollars, you know? So we right. are forcing the Who Wears the Crown to come back in a leafless week because of the sponsorships. Well, I'm, I'm glad they did, actually, because we had sponsorship dollars on the line as well. So the NHL coming back saved our butts in the fall, too. Uh, now, let's, you know what? Um, okay, so tell me who we're doing this for. Who is who's the sponsor today? All right, let me pull this up. So today's sponsor is uh, at Neo Commander. So Neo Commander says uh, Neo Commander actually donated to War Child uh, in mm-hmm. the USA, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And they want to know. Uh, I wanted to get the word out about War Child, which is a charity that helps get children and their families out of active combat zones. They do a lot of great work, and considering some of the recent events in the Middle East, they'll need all the help they can get. So uh, here's a little bio for you, Adam, to uh, for your liner. Here's my bio for Adam. My name is Cole. I'm from Wisconsin, and I, unlike Adam, am going to school for a bachelor's in history. Oh. I'm also a goalie and a massive nerd. Um, collecting more figurines than Steve. Uh, I am also a huge okay. music lover. Metal, rock, soul, jazz, blues. Hope you guys have a great day. Sending love. 
You can't just oh, say things up? you I'm, can't take back, Cole. What's up, Cole? I'm I'm Cole, and I'm well rounded. <laughs> what a jerk, uh, Cole. Uh, first off, Warchild, thank you for for that. If uh, if anybody can donate, please do. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, uh, Cole, this one is for you, pal. So, who wore the crown? Brought to you by the very well rounded, historical metalhead. Also likes jazz too, Cole. Why not? Why not, you cheesehead? Why? <laughs> He is I said a football concert. thing. Nice, nice. I'm gonna leave it there. I don't even need to go any I'm further. I'm actually I'm shocked. <laughs> I did a football. Guys, who's proud? Guys, Please. this week we're gonna switch it up. We're gonna switch it up because we haven't had any leaf hockey. So the crown can go to anyone that you want it to. Ooh, who deserves a crown this week in your eyes? I got it. Go for me. The entire rangers coaching staff from (laughs) last night um you're thrown into what is a super unideal situation i mean you want to coach in the nhl but not under these circumstances the new york rangers uh all their coaching staff was on uh, covid protocol i believe it was their ahl coaching staff had to go behind the bench along with one of their assistant general managers if i'm not mistaken Mm mm-hmm and they won nine nothing. <laughs> How do you not give them the crown for that sort of performance? That's that's. I almost said that's a hat pick because it's muscle memory at this point, but it is a hat pick. It's everything. It's ridiculous. Uh, Jesse, do you want to go next or should I? You go next. I'm just looking for a name. Okay, Jesse is looking for somebody to come up with on this segment. Uh, I think um, my crown is going to go to Buffalo Sabres fans, and we'll get into this a little bit later. But if you still call yourself a fan of the Buffalo Sabres. I understand that you probably could go to the game because actually you can go in. I think there's 2,000 people. Well, supposedly um, there's a game happening tonight, but it, earlier it was not happening, so we don't know. We're not sure with the Sabres Bruins but um, because there's some COVID issues. But I would say to the Buffalo Sabres fans who still call themselves fans, crown to you. Uh, Leaf fans know what losing's like, losing badly's like. Thinking you're going to win and losing badly is like, and uh, I feel for you. This is a rough, rough time to be a Buffalo Sabres fans. We'll get into the Ralph Kruger news, obviously, a little bit uh, later in the show. There's lots of information, lots of stuff to hit today. But to the Sabres fans who are still left, one day this team will turn around. I don't know when. I don't know how. But that's the way the world works. And on that day, I will be absolutely thrilled for you in the same way I was thrilled for Edmonton fans the first time they made the playoffs with Connor McDavid, uh, the same way I was thrilled for being a Leaf fan when they made the playoffs for the first time uh, you know, with, with uh, Matthews and Marner and Nylander. And I think your time is coming. It's probably a long way off. But I, if you could still call yourself a fan after that, that's truly passionate and hardcore. And also you've had to cheer for the Bills for most of the last 20 years. And oh my God, until recently. So we can figure this out. The Pagoulas figured out the Bills. I'm sure they can figure out the Sabres. Jesse, next one. I'm going to set a record here for the amount of crowns given out. Oh. I'm going to give out simultaneously 718 crowns. They all go to Alexander Ovechkin for every goal he scored in his career. Sixth all-time passing Phil Esposito. Congrats, Ovi. I hope you stick around long enough to break Wayne Gretzky's record. There you go. And I, Me too. I, I really pray that it doesn't come down to a situation where he's like 30 goals short and the two lockouts he had to live through don't, or the two and a half really, don't cause him to miss out on that all-time record. 
alternately, Mike Babcock could be his coach. And then it's never going to happen. <laughs> and, then, and then he's benched tomorrow. And he He'll get within chance. two goals of it. And he's like, well, just play defense. Yeah, 891 <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. I mean, it's still a lot. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> yeah. It's, hey, I would this league's a, a gift. <laughs> so that's uh, brought Man. to you. So, I know. Guy, well, I, I, to, to your point about like, I hope he's not like 30 goals short because of the lockout. I hope he either beats it or misses it by a lot. Yeah. That makes that's, sense. Yeah. No, that's exactly how I feel about this. Cause I don't want to be emotional for the rest of my life about missing out on Ovi, not beating uh, Gretzky's record. hundred percent. Adam, what you got? So what? let's wrap it up. I couldn't remember what was next. Oh, Neo commander. <laughs> Neo, Neo's commander. Uh, his name again? Cole. Cole. <laughs> hey, Cole, thanks so much for your donation to the right cause. It's an incredible cause. Uh, good luck at history school. Um, and uh, that's what they call it, right? History school? Sure. And uh, you know, why not? Why not? Why not wear cheese He's on your head? Football. Exactly. Thank you. So, Steve, it's Jesse. What's We've that? had a lot of time to think and to sit. And if, that is, if there's anything worse for Leaf fans... I don't know what it is because sitting and thinking is not good for Toronto Maple Leaf fans. You start to get crazy. Cabin fever. If there's no game to focus on, we focus on each other. And we realize, I don't know if we really like each other all that much. It's just a lot of sniping in Leafs Nation right now on Twitter. And I, I, I do want to say this. Everybody's got their Leafs trade pick. We're going to go through some of them. But first, we need to start with Jimmy Vesey, who the Leafs lost on waivers this week. Steve, um, you have a video called Be Nice to Jimmy. What are Canucks fans getting? <laughs> and what happened in Toronto that just didn't work with Jimmy Vesey? Uh, I think he started on the wrong foot. Uh, Jimmy Vesey is a complicated name in this fan base. Um, and uh, honestly, I think you can trace it back to one tweet. And it's from Darren Dreger. And I want to say it's from like 2016. Um, and it's basically like if the Leafs can get Jimmy Vesey back when there was the Jimmy Vesey sweepstakes. Mm-hmm because he was drafted by the Preds, didn't want to go there, ended up going to the Rangers. But during the sweepstakes, it was basically, well, you know, if the Leafs can get Jimmy Vesey, then does that make William Nylander expendable? <laughs> and, and it's a tweet that absolutely aged like milk. Um, not not very good at all. And so there's a little bit of meh towards him. And not enough people appreciating the irony of him starting on Nylander's line to start the season. We should have been giggling at that a lot more. That is actually true. And not being able to keep up with him, you know? Well, that's the problem there, Jesse. There was a line at the beginning of the season, Tavares and Nylander, that I... Oh, well, sorry, Tavares, Nylander, and VC, that I I thought made sense. I thought made sense. You got Tavares, who's a finisher, Willie, who can finish, but he's more of a passer. Swedish. And then there's... And and Swedish, super Ikea, Swedish. not jokes. Finnish. Yeah. Yes, uh, you see, because uh, see, he's not he's not a Swede. He's Swedish because he's uh, not white. He's a, he's just a little bit Swede. That's right. Right. So anyway, look at us three dads. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that. I don't care yeah, if anybody was, else did it. That was good. That was for us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, okay. Sorry to cut off my own Jimmy Vesey thoughts. I know I'm a dad because. Adam goes, you know what? Earlier in the show, he goes, you know what? And it took everything in my body to not go, no, I never met him. 
Oh, no. That's my dad's favorite go-to dad joke. Oh, man. That's where we're at? You know what? No, I never met him. (laughs) And then he would go out and look at the lab. Yeah. So anyway, Jimmy VC uh, didn't work out on the Tavares and Nylander line. And he slowly like found his way down the lineup. And then he was on the fourth line. And by the time he was on the fourth line, fans were like sick of him, which didn't make any sense to me because that was the perfect spot for him. And for $900,000 for a guy who had like nine goals on the Sabres last year, I'm not quite sure what people expected. And I didn't understand the hate because he wasn't bad even necessarily. It's just, he was just sort of wearing a Jersey uh, on a lot of nights, but he found some chemistry with Jason Spets on the fourth line uh, he was playing a little bit of power play too. Uh, fifth leading forward in terms of average ice time on the penalty kill, which means he was a regular penalty killer. He was a fine player. And for the amount of money the Canucks are going to have to pay him, which is like 400 G's uh, for what he can bring to a team that is not ready to surrender their spot in the playoffs. I think it's good. Um, so it's the least loss, the Canucks gain. Um, be nice to Jimmy. It's uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen more, waiver sniping within the Canadian division. Um, it just makes too much sense for the Canucks. Um, also, uh, it, it's the beginning of the Alexander Galchenyuk uh, era in Toronto. And sorry, it's the era in Toronto. Era. Uh, <laughs> so what do you think Galch has left? We're about to find out. We're about to get a definitive answer on Alex Galchenyuk. There will be no him and Han. We won't be like, well, you know, let's see. No, this is a guy who is an offensive player getting an opportunity to play with John Tavares and William Nylander. And if he can't succeed in that role, adios amigo. Um, it doesn't mean he has to stick in that role. He just needs to be good, right? So if he ends up on the third line or the fourth line or something, something like that, uh, even for his price, that's fine. That's fine. He's making like a hair more than Jimmy VC. It's negligible, really. Um, I'm excited to see if he becomes part of the power play. Um, and I'm just excited to see if he's more than just an offensive player. Cause this is the problem, right? Like seeing him in the top six, I don't think that's a thing that should be permanent. We're looking at all these names. The Leafs could bring on board and, uh, Jonas Siegel did his top five and James Myrtle did his top five. And I was looking at all those names like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And all the guys who were scorers first, I just wasn't interested in. Um, Weird, right? Yeah, I know. Weird it's, to be not interested in that. Like uh, Jonas Siegel's top guy was Alex follow on the LA Kings. And he was talking about the penalty kill. I'm like, oh, tell me more about the penalty kill there, Jonas. <laughs> like th- that's where I'm at with this team right now. Like, I'm like, oh, Alex Iafalo on the penalty kill. Get out of here, Philip Forsberg. Not interested. <laughs> you know, it's it's weird where I'm at. Um, so I'd rather see a guy like Galch, who I'm the, apparently the only person who calls him that. It's either Chucky or Galley. I like Galch. Yeah, Galch um, isn't a nickname that I've surprisingly heard a lot. It's not a nickname. It's a one-third of his name. <laughs> and that's, that's what I say. Um, no, I, I, I could see him being further down the lineup. That's where I'd rather he be. But right now, um, I think it makes perfect sense. It was good to see him put up, what was it? Eight points in six games with the Marlies, the Marlies who, by the way, played like 14 games unnoticed. 
and that's just been going on in the world. Um, a starting but, goalie, no one recognizes. Yeah, just guys playing hockey. Yeah, it was yep. good. But yeah, it was good to see him put up some points, which is cool. But two goals, six assists. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not crazy, but it's promising. It's there. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. Banoff is good too. Yeah, like it's just six six teams before this tried this. You know, like in the last yeah. like four seasons. Yeah, it's yeah been... but he hasn't played with my team yet. <laughs> All right, it's Wait, Arizona. Did it. Arizona did it. Pittsburgh did it. Minnesota, Ottawa, Carolina, Toronto. Like they Arizona. all. They all just like, oh, Gelch, you know, former 30-goal scorer. Maybe we'll be the guys to get it back. And now Toronto gets the same thing. And then if it doesn't work out here, is another team going to be like, well, you know, let's give Gelch another shot. He did it once. It's that arrested development meme. You all, you know, it was a failure for everyone else. It didn't work for them. But it could work for us. (laughs) Right. And (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) So I, I don't know why. Like, my expectations are this doesn't work. Like, I'm hoping, as a Leafs fan, obviously, that that he blows everybody out of the water and scores 30 goals again one day for the Leafs. But my expectation is that, hey, history has taught us six different times that this is going to fail. So I expect this to fail. I, even if he ends up as, like, the 13th guy for the playoffs, I, man, he'd have to be some kind of bad. You know what I mean? He'd have to be so, so bad for me to look at this as a bad decision. But you know what is giving me pause, and it's an underrated aspect, because people are talking about Galchenyuk like he was claimed off waivers. Uh, no, guys. Uh, the Leafs gave up two players for this guy. Uh, David Warsawski, who you forgot was in the organization, who they got in the Kapanen deal, but also Igor Korshkov, who I haven't read this yet, but the Leafs have a bunch of players coming from Europe or they're expected to be back from Europe once their season ends because their season began relatively when it usually does in September. Now these guys, their season is going to be done long before the regular season is done here, which is unusual. So the Leafs are getting guys back like Simeon Durargachinsev, Philip Hollander. I can't remember who else. Ah, Dennis Mulgan, I think. Korshkov could play games for the Carolina Hurricanes in the playoffs. And I'm just imagining him, you know, it's the third round. We did it. No, We're finally no. here. <laughs> no. Not Carolina, Carolina again. Not them again. He, he's a goal a game player in the NHL. One game, one goal in a terrible loss to the Buffalo Sabres. Photographic memory. Um, so, I mean, I mean, Korshkov's not nothing. So I'm right. really hoping Galchenyuk succeeds. Um, and I feel like the Leafs, would not give up Korshkov if they thought Galchenyuk would be nothing. It's just concerning that they had to give up anything to get. They didn't. A they guy could have who, claimed him. Yeah, a guy who I don't know why they your thirteenth guy. It was contract yeah. spots, I think. Yeah, yeah, there must be a reason. There must be a reason. Yeah, I think it was the what Adam said, the contract spots, because they got under what is it, the fifty two, fifty five, or whatever 50, it was. Fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had got, to. They. I think they're at forty eight now or something, and I think that gave them at least a little bit of maneuverability going yeah. for the, you know, the trade deadline and that sort of thing, because those uh, contract spots, weirdly, not like their availability ones, like the, you know, it's, it's almost like having a, having more cap space and having more cap, sorry, uh, contract spots is, is a valuable commodity these days. Nobody wants to take on more contracts. It's crazy. Or something to do with the taxi squad, which is something I still don't have my mind wrapped around. Like I don't think Leafs PR will send some tweet with like seven guys in it. And I'm like, okay, I just, yeah. 
I don't know what any of this means, but okay. And cool. I don't, I don't get the point, but here we are. Um, now I want to read you a quote and then I want to ask you a question. Actually, let me ask the question first. We talked on Monday about one thing that should be the priority for the Toronto Maple Leafs going into the trade deadline. That one thing is what? Uh, I said goaltending. Jonas Siegel tweeted this out at 2.08 p.m., so after the show started today. Ooh. I'm not really where I want to be, obviously. I think I'm working towards just getting to as good as possible. I think everyone goes through a season where we all have something going on. It's just a matter of how well you can manage it and play through it. Who said it? Oh, boy. That could have been either goalie. That's the problem. But I'm going to say Freddie. Frederick Anderson. That's concerning. He's So he's playing through something. Yes. I don't know what it is. I guess all we can do is guess. Um, That much is obvious. And, like, listen, I know I was kicking him out the door, basically, for a decent little chunk of last show. But what I also said towards the end was, you know who I would like the Leafs to acquire? Old Frederick Anderson. Old Frederick Anderson was healthy. You know what I mean? And he doesn't control that. Right. Like, I mean, your body does what it does. You know, who wants to wake up in the morning and be sore? Who wants to be hindered in any way, shape or form? You know, this guy wants to be the best he can be uh, and win. But management, Kyle Dubas, has to make a decision because if he's not good to go, if he's not really close to 100 percent, if he's not stopping enough pucks for you to win a championship, you have to make a decision there. And you got to acquire somebody. And yeah, uncomfortable, man. It's uncomfortable. You look at Luke Fox, you look at James Myrtle, you look at Jonas Siegel and everybody else that's done a top five, top seven, top whatever list. Not one of them listed as a goalie. And, you know, under the old Leafs regime, that would have been concerning because um, we basically knew who they were going to acquire probably three months beforehand. Uh, with the exception of the Jonathan Bernier trade, there was one reporter that had a direct line to the to the office, and everybody knew who that was. And when that person spoke, you knew it came directly from Lee's friend office. That has changed. They now go out and trade for guys that you're like, I didn't see that coming. Uh, the Jake Muzzin and Jack Campbell trades are two of them where you're like, didn't know. I mean, Whoa, it's great. okay. Yeah, oh, sounds great. That's awesome. Um, but uh, I haven't seen one goalie, and I haven't seen one goalie name linked to the Leafs, which makes me wonder, it's a couple of things. Number one, either they're working on one and they're keeping it extremely quiet. Or number two, there isn't one to be had. In which case you have to work on team defense. And that takes away from your ability to go out and acquire another top six winger that you need. So the Leafs uh, over the, the past six games were not playing nearly as well as they were. And that'll make you look at goaltending. That'll make you look at it. But uh, the great thing about the Leafs goalies, all three of them that they used this season, is they really didn't have to be great because the team in front of them was so tight, 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 tight. Um, Not a ton of, you know, maybe one big save a game Mm -hmm. was required. Uh, Very few two-on-ones. And at some point, the dam just broke. And I don't know if it was fatigue or what, but all of a sudden there was a ton more odd man rushes and all the eyes were on Freddie and all the pucks were behind him. And it wasn't a good trend at all. But I, I like what you were saying 
about how the organization is so tight-lipped now. I think we got it all wrong. And I tweeted about it. Um, we keep looking at Buffalo. We keep looking at uh, Nashville. Uh, I think we're wrong. Uh, Dubas has very seldomly made a trade that we were like, yeah, I saw that coming for sure. And since June 2019, he has made, I think it was six trades with four pieces involved or more. And a bunch of them we didn't see coming. Cody Cece and Nikita Zaitsev. Who the hell saw that coming? Nobody. Kadri to the Avalanche. Nobody. I did not see that coming. Uh, Jack Campbell, like you mentioned. Jake Muzzin, like you mentioned. Uh, He likes himself a big move. And he likes to be stealth about it. So I think if we're all thinking of the same two teams, we're wrong. And it's going to be somebody else. Interesting. Interesting. Now, with the Flyers potentially falling out of the race, they're not out of it yet, but with their performance last night, that could be one team out on Matias Ekholm. However, that still leaves a couple of teams that you don't want to get Matias Ekholm, namely the Bruins and the Jets. The Jets all of a sudden and the Leafs are now like, look at each other like, what? <laughs> never, had a re- not, never had any sort of rivalry before, but now it's like, okay, this could boil over. This could be a problem because they're both in that division and the Jets had the Leafs number. Connor Hellebuck specifically. Um, so I'm wondering, of the three teams mentioned, who do you think is most likely to swing for the fences and get a Matias Ekholm? So you said you said Boston, Winnipeg, Toronto. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Oh. I think it's going to be Boston. I hate it very much. That was I hate my it. answer. I hate it very, very much. But um, there's a little bit of Elmer Fudd to them right now. Be very, very quiet. And the whole time they're carrying a gun. Like I don't know how that team is so good um just with uh all their losses in the off season and like who was their big addition craig smith something like that yeah but like they've clearly drafted well they have the the goalie darth vader who goes in net and then he makes that giant save i saw god who tweeted it it was someone on hockey twitter maybe it was platinum seat ghost he goes is there a goalie tree somewhere and it's a huge criticism of the Leafs organization. Like other teams are just able to draft these guys who are able to come in and give them big games and big saves. And this organization has not done a good job. No, it's not done a good job at all uh, with all that. But uh, Boston to me, at it makes a lot of sense for them to go for it in the same way that the Leafs do. Um, it makes sense for the Leafs to go for it because they, I mean, look at some of the guys that they signed. Yeah, I mean, you don't sign Joe Thornton for one year unless you're planning on having him win the cup. Um, but with Boston, like every year we say this, but how many more years of elite Patrice Bergeron do we have left? Yeah. How many years of elite Brad Marchand do we have left? He's our age. Bergeron, by the way, who's 35. Wow. Like so, and he's not even peak Bergeron anymore. He's no. extremely good, but he's not even the best he's been. Yeah, he's a little right? past. It. Yeah, and like they made it to the Stanley Cup final with Chara as like a thirty-nine or forty-year-old. Um, but I, oh boy, they really. I think they got to go for it. David Krejci, underrated name in there too. Another guy who's kind of getting up there. So I, I could see them getting Matthias Ekholm. Interesting. 
Wow. Okay. Now, let me help me understand this. So, um, we've heard Granlin, Felino, Palmieri. A lot of people are a little bit low on Felino, which I am too. I don't understand the link there, but I also don't trust the people that keep saying Mike Felino um, necessarily. Nick. Is Sorry, it Mike, Nick Mike, Mike played for the Leafs. Nick Felino. Um, <laughs> God, why do I do that? Uh, yeah, Nick Felino. I think probably a little past his prime in Columbus. Maybe he wants out. Who knows? Uh, great leader, but not exactly the guy that I would see them fitting. Obviously, Granlin seems to be the one that they want. And Palmieri is an interesting one, but you'd think with Anders Lee out for the year, Lou Lamorello is going to do everything he can to grab Kyle Palmieri. Oh, yeah. my God. Brutal for the Islanders, eh? Brutal. Absolutely brutal. You don't like to see that. You don't want that, no. right? No. But what I would say that I don't understand is this obsession all of a sudden with Ricard Raquel. And what I don't understand about it is Ricard Raquel is scoring at half the rate he was scoring at when people said, hey, Ricard Raquel is pretty good. When was the last time you saw Ricard Raquel play? This is the thing, man. Like that, that thing about um, even on bad teams, someone has to score. Look at the Sabres. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they don't. And and the Ducks yeah. are, you know, similar trajectory. And, you know, Ryan Getzlaff's not very good anymore. And they had an MVP in Corey Perry, and he's no longer there and also old. Um, he's still – Ricard Raquel is a very good player. And even with the drop-off in production, he's super affordable. He makes under $4 million bucks. Um, I would love for him to be a Leaf, but – I'm not sure how that makes sense. Troy Terry is extremely interesting to me. Young guy, recent world junior captain for the American team. And Elliot Friedman just sort of casually dropping, I think it was on Hockey Night in Canada. Oh, yeah, Troy Terry's available. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is he available? I guess he wants out or I don't know. It's weird to me that for a team that's not very good, um, he would be available. I'd, I'd take a nice long look at him, though. Can All I right. give you what Friedman said on the price for Raquel? Yes. So this is quoted from the 31 Thoughts podcast. He said, I've also heard that with the price of Raquel, I'm not so sure Toronto is going to be in on that. I could be wrong, but I've heard the price on Raquel is going to be, uh, and then dot, dot, dot. Maybe Anaheim thinks Toronto doesn't have what it wants. I go back to Granlin and maybe anyone else I haven't thought about there. So apparently Anaheim is asking for a lot for Raquel and Toronto might not have it. And what we also have is a interesting tidbit from 31 thoughts about Matthias Ekholm mm-hmm. and what the Preds want for him. The they, want, they want the Muzzin deal. So, all right, everybody, let's take a look at the Jake Muzzin deal. It was a it's first round pick. Two Sorry, prospects, what? two prospects and a first round pick is what the quote from the 31 thoughts podcast says. There you go. But like prospects, what is a prospect, right? So it was a first round pick. That's complicated by this season. because, Like, you you know what there is? There's always months and months of lead up for who is going to be the first overall pick. And we're all very excited about it. Have either of you heard a name? No, I haven't. There's like no hype for this draft. No, Uh, I have no idea who's going anywhere. I hope you have a really good video scouting staff because... I don't know what else you're going to do. Um, so your first round pick this year, your your value is diminished. What did the Leafs give up for Ekholm? Well, there was Carl Grundstrom, who was a former second round Muzzin. pick. Who was doing, 
Yeah. What did what I they give up for Muzzin? Oh, sorry. What did they give up for Muzzin? My bad. Yeah. It's Carl Grundstrom, who was a second-round pick, who was doing well in the AHL. And it was Sean Dursey, who was a recent second-round pick, who was a little older because they picked him as an overager, I think. Mm-hmm. He was a recent second-round pick, and he was doing well in junior. So, okay, who's the equivalent of that right now for the Leafs? Robins, uh, Robertson's a recent second-rounder. Well, no, you're not going to – he's your best prospect. You're not going to freaking give up on him. Second-rounder doesn't necessarily mean second-rounder. So you're looking at a forward like probably Ron, Roni Hirvinen, maybe, who was uh, recently picked in the second round um, out of Finland. Um, you're looking at a defenseman potentially like Miko Kokkonen, who's just on the Finnish World Junior team. I would or, be asking for like SDA. Like, eh, SDA, yeah. I mean, I don't know I if they project him as an NHL player, though. I don't think people are, and remember, he's tiny. And a lot of teams do not like that. The Leafs will take a chance on a guy like that. There's a lot of teams that will not. Yeah, SDA, you're not far off, Jesse. And also there's less assembly required. He's already played professional hockey against men this season. Um, But Topi Niemela is a fascinating name in all this because he just won defenseman of the tournament at the World Juniors with Team Finland. And I think he was picked after Kokanen. So you're looking at that. Would you do that? Plus a first round pick. Plus a first round. Oh, two of those guys out of the guys you've named, and then plus a first rounder. Hopefully, but uh, they were speculating that teams are asking for next year's because of what you just outlined about the draft this year. People value next year's first round picks more than this year's. So you'd have to give up a 2022 first round pick. But uh, what I would say to that so I think first and second round picks, their value is diminished. I think it should raise the value of fourths, fifths, sixths, sevenths. Okay, what you want is just more darts for the board, right? There's still the same amount of good hockey players. Right. It's just you haven't been able to scout them as well. So your first round or your second round, you might not be willing to move the sun and the moon for those. But yeah, I want as many darts to throw at the board as I can get. Um, there's something there. The price for Ekholm, I don't think, would be astronomical. But like we've already mentioned before, you got to take the expansion draft into account. And then you're looking at losing someone like, you know, one of your top four defensemen pre-existing, Riley, Muzzin, Hall, uh, Brody. Ah, the Leafs have some decisions to make. Forwards is the easiest one, and rentals, I think, would be the easiest one. You would want a rental in a year where you could potentially lose someone to Seattle. Well, we'll see what happens. It'll be very, very interesting. Ricard Raquel is a head-scratcher for me. I just don't understand the value going back. I get the player. Um, He's good but I don't understand the absolutely obnoxious trade proposals that people are putting together. This guy is not a 30 goal score anymore. He's tied to the Leafs forever though, because that was the Tyler Biggs trade. That's how the ducks got him. Right. So, you know, Oh, they're going to get him back. No, they're not. (laughs) No, they're not. They should have to give us John Gibson too. That's, you know, man, boy, I keep thinking about Alex. I follow. He makes more and more sense. What about Matt? It's Nido, right? Nieto. I, think, I like that idea. Yeah. I was like, okay. All right. I see where you're going with that. You know, you can do more than one. Who else would you get? Well, Eric Carlson? I'd like to see like an I Not just there for the rebuild. You know what I mean? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I would like to see them. Man, if they go out and they get two forwards. Remember what we looked at with the lightning last year? We went, oh, that's too much. I want too much. So That's what I want. Are you talking like a LeBlanc or... I'm talking whatever. 
I'm listen, like from the same team or do you, are you talking like, Oh, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It, it can be from the same team. It could be from different teams. I just want the best candidates. Um, we know they got to be fast and we know they got to be defensively responsible. Yep. And it would help if they could score a little, but we're talking like 45 ish point pace guys. At the end of the day, the goal scoring still has to come from the guys who are paid to do it. Right. right. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. Mm-hmm. It's got to come from them. But you got to do what should be the easiest job in the world, which is play on the left wing of either of those two lines. It pushes Simmons down. It pushes Thornton down. It pushes Hyman down. And I think that's really important. You know, now that I've had some time to reflect over how good they looked and then how bad they looked. Hyman on the third line makes this team such a problem. And it allows their top six, whoever's in it, to do their thing. While the third line runs amok, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if they score, but they usually get sustained zone time. And we know the Leafs are going to consistently have one of the better fourth lines in the league. If Hyman on the third line. Work work out on the second line. Who's the ideal player in that slot? Brandlin. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> is it the guy we're acquiring? Yeah. I think so. Leafs are. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think so. I think if, if they'd had their way, if they'd been able to keep one of Janssen or Kapanen, and we're not in that position. And I think the guy they would have wanted to have there is is Janssen. Um but if you know, because Dubas actually referenced this in his press conference yesterday, you know, they had to move those two guys for cap reasons. So at that point, you know, you, you go, okay, well, we know we probably will have to fill that gap unless someone steps in. I thought Wayne Simmons was pretty good in that role. Well, he had it. But the question is, after missing six weeks, where is he going to be at, right? And how long does it take him to get back to that level? I know I, I hate calling Wayne Simmons old. We're the same age. But, you know, it does take – your body's a little bit older, and Wayne's has seen some miles. So it would be, would have been great to just have him solidified in that spot so they don't have to think about it. But I, I think Steve's right. And that's, this is my, my, my issue with Ricard Raquel, as a, as a, and I hate to bring it back up again, but this is a guy that when he was playing with elite players, scored at a pretty good pace. But as soon as the elite play players went away, he stopped, which tells me he's not as much of a play driver as they maybe need in that role. And I think Zach Hyman, I think is. Um, not that he's going to score 30 goals, but in what they need on the third line level, I think Zach Hyman is going to push you a lot further ahead than Ricard Raquel. I'd like to see, um, I'd really like to see them go and get Palmieri. I think he would be awesome. Uh, and, and that would just stick and lose craw just a little bit. Imagine like they go out and they get, I follow and Palmieri. Oh, oh my God. Just the two most Italian names in the world. And just, (laughs) oh, oh, that'd be so good. God, yeah. that'd be so good. I feel like the answer, we, we keep saying goalies, goalies, goalies. Uh, everyone in this fan base would like another defenseman, of course. But I think what it ends up being is probably two forwards. And if we're really good and eat our vegetables and drink our milk, maybe someone who can be like a, mm, like a seventh, eighth defenseman. Um, some people, I think it was... The Maple Leaf hot stove. I think they suggested, what about Nicholas Shalmerson, who I have been pumping that for years. They said, low cost, low buy, right shot D. Why not? Maybe you get him and you get Ekholm. What the hell? 
Get he's crazy. Le- he's a lefty, but he plays on the right. That's he's right. TJ Brody special. Exactly. Mm. I'm going to throw out three names who might be some out-of-nowhere guys that wind up on the Leafs. All right, ready. Out of my speculation. Darren Helm, Luke Glendening, and Bobby Ryan. One of those three might end up on the Leafs because they're UFAs at the end of the season and they are on Detroit. And Eisenman might do some uh, work with Kyle Dubas and they might end up on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I am just speculating. I'm one not. of those guys. I hope um, not. No. Glenn Bobby, Ryan did never know. On, Bobby Ryan did show up on, I think, Myrtle's list. He could still play. Yeah, that was the name that made me go, no, actually. like he, No, he can definitely play and I think he'd be good. But for me, you better be so, so freaking good if you're not on the penalty kill. The penalty kill is an yeah. issue. Penalty kill is an issue with this team, and I want you to be on it, and I want you to be good. I want you to be a difference maker. Bobby Ryan comes to the Leafs, he's going to score. 100%. He's going to score at a higher rate than he is in Detroit, that's for sure. I need you to shut it down. I need you to shut it down. Stanley Cup Final, you're not going to win 8-7. to seven. You're not. You're not. Maybe one game, <laughs> but for most of the time, you're you're just not. Uh, I want. I'm. It's. Uh, I hate how damaged I've been from the past four years against the Bruins and the Blue Jackets, and then watching what Tampa did last year. But you need the middle six sort of guys, the guys who can score, but they'd rather drive you nuts and kill penalties. That's who I want. Tyler Johnson. Mm. When he was Tyler Johnson. Yes. Yeah, that that number is uh that number is a big old problem unless you're Philip F- frigging Forsberg. Yeah, right? Taylor freaking Hall. Those are probably the only two names that I've seen out there where I'm like, okay, you don't have to kill penalties, you just need to score or just thank you. Um other than that, no. You got to be able to contribute there. Right. Okay. Well, we'll see what they do. Uh, it took guys 12 straight wins. Sorry, 12 straight losses. The excuse me, for the Buffalo Sabres to finally pull the trigger with Ralph Kruger. You get the sense 12 losses in a row. You get the sense that they really didn't want to make this change until the end of the season, because now they got to pay someone else. And I honestly think that's what it comes down to. Um, it's interesting. You'll see members of the media, who will say everybody loves Ralph Kruger. I think Eric Engels even tweeted, Jeff Petrie said he was one of the best coaches he ever had. The one thing that I would say is that Ralph Kruger never got results. And you could say the two teams he's coached, the Oilers and the Sabres are remarkably bad. And they were remarkably flawed teams. And, and I think I would, I would, I would give you that. However, you got to be able to do something with nothing. If you're into that job, if you're taking the Edmonton job at that point, you know, the 2012 Oilers or wherever, wherever it was right after Dallas Eakins, uh, or you're taking the uh, Sabres job currently, you have to be able to show some sort of growth. When Mike Babcock, for all of his faults, when he took over the Toronto Maple Leafs, you saw the difference. You saw the difference instantly from the first game. And they finished last place, but it was a strong last place. It was remarkably not depressing to watch. It was like a historically ever. Yeah. yeah, 69 points for a last place team is actually quite nice. 
Very nice. Well, and they and they played well. There was growth in certain players that were going to be key to the franchise moving forward. He really ran Morgan Riley through the ringer. Had it, Morgan had a tough year, but was better the next year. Much, much better. Nazem Kadri gave him a ton of responsibility. He was snake bitten, couldn't score. But wow, was he ever a useful player, obviously, going forward. Um, and both of those guys really had marked improvements after that and, and really played great that year. Uh, Here's what just, you're missing. You're missing something very key, though. What am I missing? Give me. Give me. This team doesn't mean to suck. This team doesn't mean to be rebuilding. They're bad by accident. That's the problem. This is Peter Horacek. It's six years removed from tanking for McDavid. You should have figured it out when you were going for the number one overall pick, and then six years later in there, you should have completed the rebuild. And as a Sabres fan... As a Sabres fan, you sit through that. You yeah. sit through yep. the, the McEichel draft and the McEichel tank. You sit through that going, well, at the end of the tunnel, geez, we have a one in five shot at getting McDavid. And if, if we don't do that, we fall ass backwards into Eichel. This is great. What do Sabres fans have to look forward to right now? Mm-hmm. And what I will say in defense of Ralph Kruger is the following. Taylor Hall, Riley Sheehan, Tage Thompson. Tobias Reeder, Eric Stahl, Sam Reinhardt, Victor Olofsson, Cody Eakin, Kyle Pozo, Jeff Skinner, Curtis Lazar, Casey Middlestadt. That yeah. sucks. Let me continue. Yes, I know there are injuries before you yell at me. On defense, Brandon Davidson, Rasmus Ristolainen, Rasmus Dahlin, Colin Miller, Henry Okiawaru, uh, Brandon Montour. That sucks. <laughs> Goaltending. Jonas Johansson, Carter Hutton. That sucks. No coach is doing shit with this. Now, why is Jeff Skinner this bad? That's weird. Why is Taylor Hall this bad? That's weird. But Taylor Hall, Riley Shane, Tage Thompson, according to dailyfaceoff.com, is the Sabres' top line. They have fewer combined points this season than the VC Spezza Boyd fourth line of the Leafs. Oh. That's not oh. good enough. Jesus Lord. The reader stall Reinhardt line, I want to say the night before was Olofsson stall Reinhardt. Oh, oh God. Like, should that be the top line then? I, oh, it's just so bad. Like, who is it? Don Granado? Yep. Who, what's he going to do with this, man? They, you can, I may be being a little overdramatic with how bad the lineup is and ultimately they're injured, but they're that bad and they're not getting saves. They have Allmark in, who not, like, they have Allmark in, they're certainly not on a 12-game losing streak. They're probably still not very good, but they're not on a 12-game losing streak and Ralph Kruger still probably has his job. Goalies keep coaches employed and they get them fired sometimes when they're not even there. Oh God, what a mess. And I'm, and I'm looking, Tage Thompson was a giant piece of the return for Ryan O'Reilly. Casey Middlestad was a top 10 pick. What a freaking mess. You know what I found a little, little like, really concerning in the whole thing was that when Kevin Adams, <laughs> Kevin Adams took over, he had zero experience as an NHL general manager. And then now he's fired Kruger and he's put into place uh, Dan Granato, who has zero experience as an NHL head coach. 
And you have, it seems like in this organization, there's just a lack of experience from the top down and nobody can get control of the reins. And it's just a horse that's out of control. And I don't see anything coming down that's going to kind of stop it unless once again, the entire organization is is remodeled. And how many times are you going to keep doing that? And it comes back to where's the hope. Right. Right. That's how you sell tickets now is hope. And there I don't is, know how they would do that. But there isn't any. Well, exactly. That's what I'm there, saying. Is like the Leafs were at least selling on hope. There's no hope. The 14-15 Sabres, you go, okay, take a look at the best ones. Whoever the best ones are, they're going to be playing with Eichel next year. Or McDavid. And so you go, oh, okay, and you go there. And when I was watching those bad Leaf teams, I knew what I was watching. And mm-hmm. I didn't certainly didn't expect them to win, but I just wanted to see, oh, I wonder if Tobias Lindbergh is going to do well tonight. You know, like that. It was fun watching that. And we would get it's, excited it's an experiment. about experiment. It's a yeah. science experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And you're tinkering and it's part of the, it's the process. People yeah, make like, fun of that. Will word. Peter Holland score tonight? Oh, yeah. on Carter the top Ashton? line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Carter Ashton. My goodness. Former first round pick, Jesse. There you go. Like we, and so was Taylor, uh, Peter Holland, we, and Taylor Hall, we, we looked at it with that experiment. If I'm a Sabres fan, I'm looking at this roster going, God damn it. <laughs> they frigging suck, man. They suck. It's not good enough. Um, where was I going to go with that? Oh, Kevin Adams. Bless his soul. <laughs> Tries hard. Dude. Loves well, the game. <laughs> I, am I naive to say you can put very little of this on him? No, I don't think you are. I, 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 it, he he inherited this. He was put in a position to fail, you know? Yes. But he and, knew that. Yeah. But during his press conference, he said, it starts with me. No, no it, it extraordinarily doesn't. But bless you for saying it. He goes, I need to be better. Coaching needs to be better. Scouting needs to be better. And when he said that, to me, that was his like, like blinking Morse code saying, help me when he said the scouting needs to be better. The Sabres fired them all. Yeah. It needs to be better. There aren't any like of it's ownership. It's ownership. And listen, it's to what I would say to the owners is you're wasting your money. Um, get out of your own way. This is what I say to every ownership group who does a bad job at their hockey team. This isn't the first time I've given this little eulogy here. Get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Hire a president of hockey operations to help Kevin Adams, or at very least an assistant general manager or an assistant to the general manager. Hire a couple freaking scouts. Hire someone whose sole job it is to make sure the alumni aren't wearing jerseys with misspelled names man like the easiest base level stuff base level stuff like we uh, brian burke i think is the perfect president of hockey operations people talk about like oh you know his ideas about this and that no you're getting it wrong whenever he comes on this show or any other show he's talking about ticket sales when he was talking about did you see the hey burkey episode where he was talking about Vancouver had an opportunity to get Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Kirk McLean and Greg Adams and the first round pick. Yeah, it was great. And I, and I would have had to jack tickets up from $30 to 35 and I just couldn't make it work. And he's into the business. He's into managing egos. 
talking to ownership saying, we need this. We can do this. We can't do that. This will be difficult, but we can do it, et cetera, et cetera. It should be Kevin Adams job and his staff. I don't even know if he has a staff. It should be his job and his staff's job to be making phone calls around the league and analyzing the hockey team and how to make it better. And then there should be a somebody, somebody to, to just say to the Pagulas, here's what's happening. Here's what's not happening. That's a great idea. Here's why it might not work. That's a bad idea. Here's why it won't work. You know what I mean? Like they just, they're naked. What is, what's Kevin Adams supposed to do? What's the new coach supposed to do? What's anybody involved supposed to do? What are you going to fix this team in free agency? Fucking who's going to Buffalo? Dude, it's a mess. You got to show everyone why it won't be a mess next year. It, and it the will answer be, is to hire a president of hockey operations. Oh, yeah. That's okay. what, that's to me, that is the, it's the only solution I see. Mm-hmm. I mean, you if gotta, you can, if you, you can gotta, afford to play, pay Ralph Kruger, is it $3.75 million? You can afford a president of hockey ops. Where, who the, f- I need to know who Ralph Kruger's agent is. I know, I need kidding. To know. I want to hire him. How many NHL games as a head coach did he have under his belt when he negotiated that? Hi, I've decided I'm leaving soccer. Can I coach another sport for nearly $4 million, please? And the Sabres said yes! And I don't even know if he was good at it because of the team that they gave him. It's, I think, the number one way you get players to stay in Buffalo and to come to Buffalo is you hire a president of hockey ops or whatever the frig you want to call them as your flag in the sand that, hey, we've calmed down, we've calmed down a bit and we're going to take a step back. We're going to take a step back and we're going to let you do your jobs. Who's the guy or gal? Man, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's it should be someone, okay, people are going to roll their eyes. I don't care. Someone like Jim Rutherford. Someone old and leathery, leathery, lots of experience and will tell you off. I think that's part of the reason he's not in Pittsburgh anymore. The sort of guy who can have an argument with management and go right back to them and go, what are you going to do? Fire me. Who suggested Mike Babcock last episode? To, As president to of the, hockey ops? I said to coach Sabres. I did. Yeah. Is, is that still a good idea? No, now you're making Kevin Adams' job harder. Yeah. Because Kevin Adams' job is he's going to be bringing in players and going, hey, these guys are good, and Babcock will let him know whether no, he's right or wrong. What did we just talk about? the hierarchy. What did we just talk about? How great the 14-15 Leafs were. No, How they were terrible. 16-17. No, 16, no, no. How great a job Babcock did of rebuilding that team. You know, I think he did a great job so, in that season. I think so, he did. I think Adam we, Buffalo think brings him in. He does a great job with this core, whipping them into shape, builds up a new uh, new team, and then you fire them when they're ready to win. I got a question. They still Good. finished last, man. Like That's the goal. Finish last question. again. Next year? Not next yep. year. Oof. Quick question. Answer. Um, how much say does Jack Eichel actually have in what goes on in the Sabres organization? Probably too much. So if that's the case... Um, how do you peel that back once that that's out? Here's the, here's the problem I have 
with that, Adam, because that is a rumor that Eichel's got way too much say. It's I'm looking been at the lineup. For a long time, by the way. It has been. But I'm looking at this lineup and I'm going, what part of this was his idea? Well, we don't know. Hall? Skinner? Uh, Skinner might have been. Skinner, Skinner might have been. been. But I, also, I, I think that's a that's a whole barrel of monkeys. I, I, don't, I don't know what's man nine million bucks to, bro that's oh god that's so tough they've got to do a huge rehabilitation project here and also okay there was a thing about eric stall not wanting to do the quarantine thing okay stay in buffalo what that turned me off of getting him so much are we sure that he said that or once yeah. that uh, that no like i a think media rumor i don't think that came from stall yes but i'll like players don't often give candid interviews in the NHL and they Fair. go, you know what? I don't want to do quarantine. So I'm I just think... going off of the rumor. If the rumor is true, freaking stay in Buffalo then. I don't care. I think, I think Close. what he's hoping and I think what fans in Carolina are hoping is that that, that will come, yeah. come about. Yeah. I think he's going back to Carolina. I think that's, that a, would I don't be want cool. to come to Toronto thing. And that's yeah. how you get out of that. Okay. But if you, of course, if he has the option to go to an American team and that's what and he go wants, to his want to do the quarantine. Yeah. He won yeah. the cup. Right, that, like that would make sense. I think we all agree that's the best story. Yeah. Yes, it's 100% the best story for him to go back to Carolina. But if the option is uh, go to Toronto or simply rot, oh, I don't know if, if you're going well, well, like I like <laughs> what, what, what did Anthony Stewart say? Like, right, dude, ride a bike. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's got a Peloton. Is that bro? bro get a the Leafs will send you a Peloton, they will buy peloton and give you the company like what i don't know i don't know i i'm maybe overreacting to that and burying the lead which is the <laughs> buffalo sabers suck and they need to show players management scouts and most importantly their fans why they won't suck in the future and i think it steve, starts with surrounding kevin adams with the right people steve you've never overreacted to anything never i pride That's myself not your on brand. that jesse thank you <laughs> i want to say this too if it, on the scouting thing um if you have limited resources with scouting, you've got to concentrate, I think, your strengths on a certain area. You know how in like NHL 21, it's like, well, how's your European scout? We're going to upgrade your European. You can hire yeah, the next gotta, guy. Who's You got to flick the, the slider to go more towards yeah. the European. And then, oh, there's more guys <laughs> out there now. Uh, that's now amazing. I can see that he's a D minus prospect. Ooh. Before it was just a question mark. Uh, that's cool. I'm so excited I paid for that upgrade, EA. Uh, no, I, I think... I think what you do That's hilarious. to save money and to save time, stop scouting Europe if you're the Sabres. And I know that sounds crazy. Stop scouting them. Only scout North America. Save your money and scout one area and scout it the best. I don't know if that's how that, that works. One area. No, that's what you do. I think you're simplifying you this a little too much. To, well, how many scouts do they have? If they've got like five scouts, that is not enough to cover Europe and North America. So they might have a unique advantage this year actually in that they only do video scouting really and that's all anyone is able to do oh no okay so i just remember i was saying oh no remember i was saying the early picks the first and second are going to be worth less but your deeper picks are going to be worth more because it's just about throwing darts at the board mm -hmm. the sabers only have five picks this year how are they this bad and they only have five? And I looked up how they only have five, by the way. Mm -hmm. They have their first. No, let me start. Let me let me start at the back. Start at the back. They have their seventh. 
Okay. They have their sixth. They okay. don't have their fifth. Do we know why they don't have their fifth? Uh, carriers. Wayne Simmons. Oh, oh, who they had for oh, eight yeah? games? Who they had to have at the deadline last year? I told you that was nuts. I said it at the time. That's crazy. They didn't have a shot. And Steve, you're like, well, upside chance. I did. I didn't mind the idea of bringing him in just to be like, look, guys, we give a shit. Like, I didn't. I didn't mind it. The the season also ended because of a panorama, so they would have got a little bit more games with Wayne Simmons. It's a shame about the the Panago, but you know, the so they have their fourth round pick. Oh, they don't have their third round pick. Why don't they have their third round pick? Let's click. Oh, Thank you, Cap Friendly. Oh, from a twenty a July first, twenty nineteen trade that they made with the New York Rangers in order to acquire no Jimmy VC. Oh, <laughs> the third. Oh, like, so for two funny. years, they, you they just got, scored they, seventeen twice. Yeah, but the, the, he scored twelve for them over two years. Like a third, they got twelve goals for a third round pick. 12 goals. Uh, and Ooh, they have their second and their baby. first. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Man. And here, let's click this. Why not? They don't have their fifth in 2022. I want to know why. I'm clicking it. I want to know why. Why won't it come up? Pick traded away on July 28th, 2019. Clicked of who in 2019? Was, was it Jason Botterill? Yeah. Who was making these decisions? And for some reason, I'm clicking it and it's not coming up. If I find out, I will let you know. Um, oof, Maron, this team. I cannot believe that. And that's the thing is that like that wouldn't matter as much. The third rounder wouldn't matter as much on, on a team, say, like the Penguins, who've seen recent success. You understand why they're, they're trading a third round pick to bolster the years that you have left, the juice you have left from Malkin and Crosby. You get it. But the Sabres cannot spend that. They couldn't spend it in 19. They can't spend it now. And now they're now the chickens coming to roost for the for the for the last place Sabres. It's terrible. Oh boy. Someone okay. I'm sorry. Someone during a uh, what is this? A three, four day stretch in mm-hmm. 2019 made some frigging bottles. It's bottle. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Um, so huh. Oh, oh heavens. Um Colin Miller to the Sabres uh, and they sent Vegas a second and a fifth. The second is this year. I guess it's not their own because they have their own and that's where the fifth went. Um, So we solved that mystery. And then a few days later, it was VC. Colin Miller at the time though, people thought more of all those. I don't think Vegas played him very much. He like sat a lot. That could have been a print. What didn't he? I thought there's some sort of issue there. Anyway. Uh, no, friggin' um, who's the drug line? Didn't want to play him, right? Oh, and the I forgot they traded for Skinner. Yeah, tell us that trade. Cliff Pooh, who I think was a second round pick, a 2019 second, a 2023rd, a 2026. Oh, wow, god. Yeah, and then he scored 40, though. Like, no one, I don't think we yeah. thought this would turn into a disaster. Certainly not right away. A lot of people were like, holy shit, that contract for Jeff Skinner's too much. We didn't think this would happen. Well, if he scored 35 a year, I don't think anyone's complaining too much about that. And they got a guy to resign in Buffalo, which is pretty rare. I think, oh. I think the issue is you got a coach who didn't believe in him. I don't know if, I don't know if Jeff Skinner doesn't have it anymore or something. 
but you got to figure out a way to make that Jeff Skinner contract work because you he don't scored know. a couple times recently. But he's he, right now he's a fourth line player on the worst team in the National Hockey League. Like we, we I think we all agree that that's not Jeff Skinner's skill level. Just that he has a more innate hockey ability than that. I don't know, but, Jesse. I don't know, <laughs> but he hasn't proven it yet under uh, the previous head coach. So we'll see what oh. happens. But hopefully he turns that around. Um, sorry, just a little tweet from Thomas Trance. Jimmy Jimmy VC drove his own car to the Canadian Tire Center from Toronto once he got claimed on waivers yesterday. He's in Montreal now. Left his car at the rink in Canada and will get it shipped to wherever he needs it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a hefty shipping fee. Uh, it, it, <laughs> he's okay. If he's going to Vancouver or whatever, he can, um, I think he can ship it for 10 grand. So <laughs> a lot of money. That's, like, that's the cost of most people's cars. <laughs> yes. But guys, he's not making normal guy money. This is a man who makes, who has made over a million dollars in his career in the last five years, multiple times over. I think he can spare the 10 grand if he Bro, wants. Or here's sell what you your do. car. Sell it. <laughs> yeah. sell it. What do you need to that car? <laughs> well, maybe, yo, but question, maybe it's a really nice car. Go get a new one. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> who knows? You know, celebrate not being. Let us car. not, let's not just, <laughs> let's not put our. Let's our, not. Let's not put our financial restraints on these guys. Different world. Completely different world. We'll never understand. Unless we make that kind of money. If we all become Stephen A. Smith, we'll get it. One day. Okay? That's all we have to do. Small, small thing for us. Steve had to pee. We took a break. <laughs> uh, why? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. I, I just I just thought we'd address the big issue uh, with this episode. And it's that Steve has abandoned his giant blue bottle. That's the size of him that he's been drinking. And instead he switched to a much smaller cup. Hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> Could it be that drinking all of that water during the podcast wasn't the best idea? Could be. So I still use it. It's just <laughs> during the show, I realize when I take a drink, it's all anybody can focus on. I have weighed it. I know you were wondering. Nine pounds. Um, so I drink nine pounds of water a day and I usually have more than that. So it's probably about 10. Um, and it's good for you and eat shit. I missed you using all of your biceps to hold it up. In front of your head. <laughs> I have dad biceps now though. I'm unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I'm just holding babies all the time. 400 babies. Leo's great. I miss him. Uh, Steve, you wanted to do some talking about Robin Leonard and Matt Murray. Yeah. Um, so there was a story yesterday uh, about Robin Leonard. And it's, I mean, so much stuff has been happening this season. I had not heard of any of this. Um, all we had talked about is, oh, Robin Leonard's not having a very good season, like compared to before. That's all we really saw. I didn't realize he'd actually been out for a while. Mm-hmm. And I definitely didn't see anywhere that there was speculation about his mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe he was taking a step back to go do that, um, to go address that, get it looked after, whatever, because he had had previous battles uh, with mental illness. And he came back to address that and he was pretty upset about it. Um, so he obviously heard it somewhere. And he's like, guys, I had a concussion. Um, now I had not heard that anywhere. I didn't know. I don't know when he got it, where he got it, but that that's why he's been out of the lineup and he had a concussion. And then he was, he was talking about the stigma around mental illness and 
he's like, you know what? This is, this is why like people don't talk about it. This is why people don't get help. And I was like, you know what? Robin Leonard is absolutely right. And then I was thinking about what I was talking about last episode with Matt Murray. And let me just say I was a hundred percent wrong. And Jesse, like, I, listen, I was spitballing in the moment. We were trying to figure out what's going on with Matt Murray. And I'm like, and, and it was out of love. Like it's out of concern. Like, I don't want to see another person suffer. I, you know, uh, if he, I, speculated and you shouldn't do that that you know maybe he's going through some things in his head i don't know exactly what um but you know could that be the reason why he's struggling and i was just i don't know just jesse in the moment was like i think you're assuming a lot and as i was spitballing and just shit's coming out of my mouth jesse goes i think you're assuming a lot and it kind of like snapped me back to reality and right away i'm like oh that that now I feel bad. Now I don't think I'd, I've done a very good job. And even after the show, we were I was like, guys, should we maybe take that out? Um, and uh, yeah, I just want to say sorry. I didn't do a very good job with that. And Robin Leonard was absolutely right. And you don't need people being nosy and getting all up into your business and trying to fucking, uh, you know, analyze you like I got to. Like I'm a, like I'm a therapist or something. I'm just a guy who's been to one. And I, I appreciate that. I think the point you were trying to make is the uh, Matt Millity, Matt Murray's ability is still there. Why is it not working for? Him? And I think that sometimes that can lead you down a few different paths. Um, I think that was the salient point there. And I think that was the point everybody sort of walked away with, but respect the fact that you're saying what you're saying, Steve. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to do a shitty job and I don't want to assume anything. About well, you anybody do. So. And- yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> hey, despite my best efforts, sometimes I do a <laughs> shitty job. You know, that's that's what it is. No, but like Robin Leonard, like he's really become a leading voice in all this. And and he was absolutely right. And uh, there were two things that just happened to be connected. And uh, they both happened to be goalies. And I connected the dots. And it's good to have friends that sort of call you out in the moment as well. <laughs> and, oh, that's uh, that's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> nag you two and call you out in the moment and just <laughs> i mean we deserve it look at the mug look at the mug right there face on it it says and this no. is the old one imagine it's the new and improved mug yeah my there's crotch. adam there's my crotch <laughs> doing the splits <laughs> my crotch yeah it's on the mug by the that's, by the chug mug that's the second time your crotch has come up this episode that's interesting yes, that's yeah. neat that's that's a good episode all right i think we're done those pants are not as flattering as the new sdp dangle navy uh pants are for my crotch <laughs> so anyway yeah this is how we deal with awkward moments <laughs> sorry i don't Jesus. i don't know what about this was awkward for you it seems perfectly fine for me hey i just want to quickly ask you a question rangers and flyers are the flyers that bad or are the rangers much better than we thought they just haven't had a great year uh bro no national hockey league team loses nine nothing on a consistent basis <laughs> i don't know what and it's not just that it was nine nothing it's it was that seven it was goals nine in nothing. a period seven goals in a period and nine nothing after two yeah and then the rangers kind of they held back a little in the third also, I love the, Georgiev, I'll assume it's going to be 15 nothing. Georgiev, unbelievable couple saves there. There's the one, I don't know if you saw the one where he reaches out and he kicks it with his toe. Unbelievable. I've never seen a goalie do a splits that well. What was the score? 
That's what I oh my god! It was, I think it was like five nothing at the time, uh, and he's still going all out. Great, yeah, but great the Leaf fan in me is like, well, it prevented the five goal comeback. You know, that was, <laughs> that was the turning point of the game, and that allowed the Rangers to cruise to a nine nothing victory. And uh, Zibanejad ties the record for most points in a period. Like that. Wow. What do you? That's got? going at six. And I mean, he goes from having a pretty ho hum season to, hey, he's fine. He's totally fine. Like Mika's a Banajad when he's dialed, it's a destroyer of worlds. There was a game last year where, if I'm not mistaken, he had was it every goal in a uh five four overtime win? I think he had five goals in a game last year. I don't remember that. There was the 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 I want to say the rocket race was Matthews and Pasternak. I know Matthews had 47. I think Pasternak also had 47. I didn't realize this until I looked it up the other day. Ovechkin had 48. <laughs> He's so stupid, man. And um, But Zabanajad was like, you know, back of the pack, back of the pack, sort of in the conversation, five goals, and he's right there. Mm. I think he ended up uh, with over 40. He was rocketing up the standings, and it wasn't even just that game. Um, I want to read a quote to you from the Calgary Flames post game last night. And this comes from a Kachuk brother. Which one? The one that matters. Say the wrong one. Say the guy who's retired. <laughs> but, oh, sorry. Yeah, Adam, who is it? I'm not going to say it. It's Matthew. <laughs> um, so I got to hold up before we, before we get to this, are the Flyers, the East divisions flames, the team that should be better than they are. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh! You know what, man? Hmm, that's a pretty good comparison. And I believe you mean it the way that I mean it. Like you say it with love. You look at that team and you go, "You ought to be better." Yes, it's 100%. not you suck. It's you ought to be better. Right. The thing and- about the East Division, though, is that there was always going to be one or two of the top teams that we thought were going to be good left out of the playoffs because no one was counting out the Caps, Pens, Flyers, Bruins, Rangers. And there's five teams for four slots. Who am I missing? Islanders, the six teams for four slots. And I think yeah. like nobody wanted to write any of those teams out. And it just happens to be that the Flyers and the Rangers are the ones who got off to slow starts. So, yeah, the Rangers, I would have said, you know, like agreed with you. I think they, they could have made the playoffs. They've had some things this year, the D'Angelo stuff, the Panarin stuff. There's been a lot of things that have derailed the Rangers. Um, the Flyers is shocking to me because I would have thought it would have been Pittsburgh. Mm. I really would have thought it, of all the teams that had the chance of falling off, it would have been Pittsburgh. But I suppose the Flyers just never have yet in the Carter Hart era, which is what I'm going to call it, um, cemented themselves as a great team. They sure looked great in the bubble. But Cody CC has looked so good for the Pens, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Tristan Jari in his last like six games has been like a 957. Amazing. Or something stupid. Amazing. Big comeback for him. Yep. Yeah. Big comeback for him. Um, but I want to read this because uh, Matthew Kachuk's not happy. Uh, because, I, by the way, the Flames also got blown out last night by the Oilers. He said, when you're playing against Connor McDavid, especially when you're trailing and you chase the game and give chances and play that run and gun style, he's sniffing blood there. Um, I guarantee Toronto was watching us tonight and probably licking their chops with the way we played. Those skilled guys over there are wanting a game like that on Friday and Saturday night. That's not the way we should be playing against them. I guarantee that. Otherwise, it's gonna we're gonna be in for a long two nights. 
that is, is that a, what he said? Yes, that is a remarkably candid oh, comment whoa. from a guy who, honestly, if Calgary doesn't build the next iteration of this franchise around uh, Matt Kachuk, they're nuts. That's the kind of guy, listen, if I'm a Flames fan, I can root for that. You guys are playing like shit, but it, but you own it and you go, we're, we played like shit and we're going to be fucked if we played like shit. No, nah, but leave me alone, bro. No, nah, leave me alone. You stop, stop starting stuff, man. Like, you stop you, starting you stop. stuff. I don't feel like playing hockey. What is this? What is this? That's His teammates. The, oh. the teammates. Well, and, and that, that quote I first originally read from Darren Haynes, and I think uh, he responded to somebody, and he said, um, it, it, somebody said, well, you know, uh, I forget what it was, but he replied to a reply and said, until the Flames' best players start playing like their best players, scoring like their best players, they're not going anywhere. I don't think you can put this on Matthew Kachuk. I think he's a pretty darn good hockey player. I think Gaudreau and Monaghan, um, I think we're coming to the end of that in Calgary. How do you... You've it's a fork the on the road. you got to make oh, a decision. Yeah. You, you've, that is the fork in the road, is those mm-hmm. two. You've, you've, you've traded the players around them. You've fired two coaches now, one of them because he needed to be fired, completely different circumstance. But it yep. wasn't going... Take the racism out of it. The Bill Peters experiment in Calgary was not going well at all. Terribly. Take like the racism like, out of it. Is a yeah, you know what thing. I mean? Like, it's, it's sort of, it sounds, yeah. it's, I know it sounds ridiculous, but that guy was going to be fired anyway. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I know that sounds terrible. It's like, oh, hey. <laughs> I know what you meant, rampant. but I was like, hmm. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, but you know Goudreau, what I'm saying, but right? Goudreau, I want to say Goudreau's on like his fifth coach. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? Because wasn't it? Dude who Tortorella tried to fight. I forget who. <laughs> forget. And then, and then it was Galutzin. Yeah. Oh, then it was uh, Peters. Then Jeff Ward. And now it's Daryl Sutter again. Galutzin's the one who threw the stick like Batista, right? Yeah. Was he? Because when he whipped his stick at pra- practice and You're ended right. up in the top deck or whatever. You're right. You're right. You're right. Deep left field. No doubt about it. <laughs> you know who he threw I- him a fastball. He couldn't say no to the fastball. Anyway, um, you know who I look at? I compare Johnny Gaudreau to and the and these Flames to the Raptors with Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was not going to be like he was a great player, but he wasn't an elite tier player. Bosh or Johnny Gaudreau? If Johnny Gaudreau is your best player, Sean Sean Monahan is your best player. I do question how far you think you're going to go. Hmm. I know that sounds crappy, but I don't see I don't see it in the playoffs. I think they're great complementary. Do you know what I'm saying? So like I let's do. say let's say the Leafs William Nylander is the best player in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's he's top 3 or 4 right now. William Nylander is a 70 point player, 30 goal scorer, really really good hockey player. But if he is the best player they have right now, nobody's going they're winning the cup. And that's no offense to William Nylander. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you need a couple elite level guys. The Flames do not have that. This isn't how life works, but mathematically, as a professional athlete, um, once you get above a certain age, you're probably not going to be as good as you were the year before. And I've said this for at least a year now with the Calgary Flames, like the Mark Giordano clock is ticking and they got to make decisions there. Mm-hmm. They got to make decisions there. Are you going to, I mean, and I'm not saying they should sell. I'm saying you got to do the most you can with what Mark Giordano has left in the NHL. 
if, I, if I'm the flame, I mean, they're right there. What are they like two, three points out? Right. One, three of their last four. That was your first loss under Daryl Sutter. Bye. I'd like to see the flames buy and go for it. Yeah. At this point, I don't look at Monahan and Goudreau and like that line as like the, the top line. Like I Lindholm is there, is their first line center. He's their star center. I look at he leads the team in points. He's playing with Kachuk. Like that's that's my top line on the flame. So But that's treat, precisely though, the issue. Yeah, treat treat Goudreau and Monahan like the second line players and like not the stars on the team. And if if it's necessary at this point to move them for assets, like that's the point you've reached at. And don't look at them as unmovable stars because they are what they are at this point and they're not that like the hype around Goudreau was for it was really high all those the years when he first came into the league and like oh, the little guys doing all these special things but and he was and he, he was. was he was truly and he still is a special player but if you're at the point where you're like hey we can package this guy here and get a, get a little for Monaghan here and then really take our team to the next level like maybe that's what you need to do if you can do a retool year with the Flames Two teams I'm calling about Goudreau, if I am the Flames, are New Jersey and L.A. I think he'd fit in really well, especially with the Kings emerging. Be a really good punch for them up front. Um, And obviously the New Jersey connection is that he grew up there. And I think it'd be kind of neat to see that. Monaghan, I almost wonder if you hang on to, but you stop putting the expectation on him that he's going to be the number one guy. And like you said, Jesse, I think Lindholm is. Um, But whenever you talk about the Flames, you talk about Goudreau and Monaghan and I think maybe they're not the guys to be talking about anymore not because they don't produce in the regular season but because they're not been a success in the playoffs uh which which is where it counts and you know people could say well would you say the same about Matthews they're not the same age and it is not the same it's not the same you know it's not the same I think it might be time it's interesting last year with the bubble and everything it's you can't judge everything off this small sample and even though this year is a clearly unique year and it's a shortened season and you're playing the same six, seven teams over and over again, I think a lot of teams are getting ready to make definitive big decisions right now. Um, I think the I think quarantine has brought that out of people. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Seattle is looming. The end is nigh for someone on each and every NHL team. Right? So mm-hmm. it's... I think we're going to see the Flames need teams, to make a decision here. They got to shit or get off which, the pot. Which teams cannot spend uh, or cannot afford uh, after this season when we see what goes to the crack? And I think there are going to be some really, really good players that are going to be available to Seattle, like really good players that in a normal year, this would not be possible. And it'll be interesting because no matter what happens in Seattle, they're going to be measured up against Vegas. And I don't think it's a fair comparison because of the economic realities of today versus three years ago. But with the op for Vegas, for a buying team, which is what, sorry, for a, for Seattle, a buying team, which is what they are. It's a buyer's market. You better go out there and kick some ass here. Ron Francis and his team better be prepared because Vegas did it and they didn't have the same sort of economic reality. There's going to be a lot of teams who are like, please take this contract. Please take this player. I know they're very good. We can't afford them. Vegas also did an extremely good job because I think all of us looked at that team on paper uh, because the conversation became Vegas really screwed over these teams and beat them in trades. And that wasn't the trade when they started or the conversation when they started. No, we looked at that team on paper and said, boy, do they stink. 
<laughs> that is not a good looking team. And what Vegas did really well outside of trading is what Seattle is going to have to do. Identify guys who are in Europe, in the minors and on third and fourth lines and go, these are first and second line players. Mm-hmm. William Carlson was on the blue jackets fourth line and he scored 40 goals. It's unbelievable. They got to find guys who are in the wrong role. Be very, That's what very they got to do to replicate Vegas. Very, very interesting to see how that goes. Let's get into the press conference, Jesse. The presser. SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. All right. Uh, first, we should probably say a word for our Asian American Pacific Islander communities out there. Uh, I know you're all probably reeling and feeling very heavy right now, and we just want to say we support you. And if you want to support um, your Asian American friends and just the communities around North America, visit stopaapihate.org. You can find out all the info there, and you could donate. So I just want to get that in there. Thank you for that, Jesse. Yeah, it's not just a problem in the States. It's in Canada, too, and wherever you're listening from, I'm sure it's an issue there, too. Yeah. Uh, first question comes from strife underscore uh, JPG. Uh, this is something I always see come up every couple months in Leafs Twitter and strife, strife asked it to us. So I'm going to ask it to you guys. When are we going to finally make Riley a forward? Stop. <laughs> He's never going to be a forward. He's never going to be a forward. The Leafs would have to acquire like two top four defensemen at the deadline for me to be like, ah, you know what? Do it. I want to see, hey, I want to see Riley on the left of Matthews and Marner. Let's go. That would be kind of fun, though. Oh, it would be <laughs> it would be hilariously fun. But yeah. what Not makes you happen. think they can do that? What makes you think taking Morgan Riley off of this defense and putting, I don't know, Sandine there is going to make it better? It's not, folks. It's not. Stop that. I know you don't like him in your own end. That's fine. But look at how much he's scoring. Um, we know he can be better in his own end. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Brody has been wonderful there. But why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? What if? Why are you asking for a thing that... When was the last time this happened? What if? Bufflin and Burns? They don't play it like, hey, we have three forwards and two defensemen. What if it's like, hey, we have two forwards, two defensemen, and then this Rover guy. and like they Tyson Berry in Colorado? Kind of, but they just reimagine the the strategy for a hockey team, you know. And they they got they got this middle guy who's kind of in between both the defense and forward group, and it's more. I think if you, I think if you watch, that's already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch Marner is in the defensive zone an awful lot for a guy who like uh, uh, puts up as many points as he does. Riley is pinching all the time now mm-hmm. and going below the goal line in the offensive zone. And TJ Brody is like, Hey guys, so like he's, he's always going to be back there. He's very rarely going to jump up in the rush. He's going to break up two on ones. Um, stop doing this to Morgan guys. Stop it. He's stop got, it. he's not perfect, but he's also very, very good. So like, I think sometimes you get so close to the painting, you, you can't see the whole picture. Um, where does he rank among Leafs defensemen drafted and developed by the Leafs in our life? Drafted? Well, beyond that, beyond that, Steve, forget that. I mean, number one, for sure. But forget that for a second. Just what he brings to the team. 
Yeah. There are you you're it's him or Caberlet. Like that's yeah, it. I, that's the I conversation. Think, I think you gotta like I think we gotta chill on that. I think there are other players that do other roles, and Morgan Riley does not do everything. If you're looking for Morgan Riley to be Scott Stevens or Morgan Riley to be Alex Petrangelo, right. he is not that player. He's not. But he's very good at what Morgan Riley does. And I can get guarantee that there are, as of this offseason, 31 other NHL teams who would love to have him. So don't, I know there are people out there, and I'm friends with them. Stephen Birch fucking can't stand Morgan Riley. But that's, there is a role that, and Stephen, Stephen would admit that. There, there is a role. You're absolutely right. And here's why. <laughs> <laughs> There's a role that he plays on this team that goes beyond A, his play on the ice, which, by the way, is pretty phenomenal. And I think that the, like, I understand if people are like, well, you can't re-sign him after next season. That's a fucking eons away. Who cares? He's playing great now. TJ Brody's covering for him now. You have Muzzin and Hall now. Just focus on now. He's going to play defense. You You know that's going to happen. If they were going to experiment with him at forward, they should have done it three years ago. This is not the time. Now is the time to tighten the fuck up and go and win the cup. That's what they need to do. No, there is one thing Morgan Riley needs to improve on. What's and that? This has been bugging me for a while. I hate his tape job. Oh, I hate it. Cares. I gotta look this up. Why do you it's, care? It's just it it's matters, ugly. Adam. It's ugly, and it's, it doesn't matter. It no, does. but it's regular ugly. This is the thing. It's not ugly like Pasternak or Panarin, or um, who else? Someone else has a really stupid one. Stutzla. Yeah, he's got a really stupid one. Riley's is just like, that's how your uncle tapes the sticks in your garage. Like <laughs> the wooden a- ones that your Nona saws off and uses for the tomato plants in the spring. Every, you all grew up Italian, right? That's that's a thing. I don't know. Something about his tape job. It bugs me. Stop that. I have that. a question. Answer. Is it... Is liking or caring about a tape job hockey's equivalent of caring about like random engine parts in a car like it's such a like it's sort of like it's it's the people that are like i need momo pads i need momo like i you know those things like the the accelerators and the brakes i need no got momo pedals on <laughs> Adam, what, is, what is what is what is this? your issue with people having hobbies this is not a hobby and this is an obsession about something that affects absolutely nothing and you guys so you man steve when you were talking about with this with marty st louis i was like who the fuck cares, guys? It literally affects nothing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's right. They could go on the ice with no tape and they'd be fine. Steve, I don't think you were talking to Marty St. Louis about anything. Oh, not Marty no. St. Louis. Um, um, <laughs> Mark Savard? Yeah, the other oh. guy. <laughs> not Marty St. Louis. Why did I say Marty St. Louis? <laughs> I don't Mark know. Savard. Mark Savard. Adam, I don't know why you have a problem with people having passions and hobbies. Because no one interests. This isn't even sport. my passion. No it's just an interest. Like, you know what? Uh, Matt Stafford, uh, he wears a glove when he throws a football. I don't know if Matt Stafford does. Uh, how, can we guy. talk about the, the the shape of his glove? Or, or um, you know, guys in baseball that wear tape on their fingers. Does anyone in boxing worry about how their hands are taped up underneath the gloves? No. Who I think cares? they do. Why do we talk I about this? Yeah, I think that's a really bad example, they? actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do they actually talk about that in boxing? In, I know in UFC, when you, when you wrap your hands, like, guys do in specific ways, you know? I got to find the doc, Adam, but there's a boxer who was, like, I want to say he was, like, going for champion in a certain weight division, and he's in prison now because he... Because uh, he taped his hands the wrong way. 
No, yeah. his gloves were illegal and the guy ended up dying. Oh. Oh yeah. No, so okay. what happened? It was This it was is real, what we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> Sorry. This is, anyway. this is relevant. Murder. <laughs> you brought it up. You <laughs> we did it. Up. We, we did it. we were talking about hockey sticks, <laughs> not murder. He was <laughs> talking about gloves. He talked about boxing gloves. I wasn't <laughs> talking about boxing gloves. <laughs> no, 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 Steve, <laughs> tell us the story of murder. <laughs> I, okay, fine. <laughs> That's that reminded me of Jesse and I were talking about that news clip in the studio where um, there's like news bloopers that are really funny on YouTube. I know it goes way back, but that that news bloopers like and the blah, 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 blah is this man, but he's gay. I'm sorry. Sorry. He's blind. He's blind. <laughs> it kind of reminded me. Remember that cliff? Yeah. He yeah. climbed Mount Everest, but and, and uh, <laughs> excuse me. He's my wife saw that for the first time. I'm like, <laughs> I saw that. I downloaded that on like Kazaa. How are you seeing this for the first that was on time? Daily Motion in 2000. Yes. E bombs were exactly. E bombs were Anyway, Steve, what's the story about the boxer who killed the man? Oh, okay. Well, anyway, okay. The the Coles notes is basically there was this undefeated boxer, mm-hmm. and throughout the fight, he is just getting the brakes beaten off him by this other guy, and and like his face is a mess. Mm-hmm. and and like they're talking throughout the fight and they have theories on what's going on and basically what happens is this guy's it was either the the guy who ended up losing the fight mm-hmm. um it was either his coach or his father i can't remember walks in the ring to shake the hand of the boxer who just won and what he does is he grabs the glove nice and tight and he feels there's nothing there there's no pad it's just so he's just He's just got like a taped up. I don't know if he put something on the tape to make it harder and there's no pad in the glove. So he's just bare knuckle destroying this guy. And so he gets caught for cheating. He gets, he gets the book thrown at him and I think he went to jail. And that's why Morgan Riley can't be a forward on the Leafs. Exactly. If speaking of tape jobs, if you can do, if you're taking up taping up your uh, shin pads, and you can do that thing where you go across both your legs and then you chop it in the middle, and it's both your shin pads are tied. I I love you, and you're my favorite person on. I respect that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Philip Forsberg. Yeah, I think it's the coolest shit in the world. Anyways, That's, that's something I like learning how to play hockey recently is people are oh no oh you do that and you do that and then what you discover is the cool people are like what no who could do it feels comfortable All right it's a, yeah put tape there wow well, like it's a job i don't know it sounds crazy <laughs> yeah like oh wow. I, oh, oh, wow all i said was it looks ugly adam you look at that tape job and you tell me it sparks joy I, <laughs> it does I not. will marry Kondo his tape job and I'll get back to you. Okay. okay. You guys want another it. question? Yeah, one more. One more. All right. This oh, comes right. from Nick. We're doing uh, so. so you might not hear these because our ads are um, dynamic ads. So not everybody gets every ad in all of our podcasts. So we mm-hmm. Adam usually records the liner and then they go in and then so they pop up for some people depending on your region. So Nick wanted to know, why do all your ads recently involve trying to sell something to my dick and balls? <laughs> Adam, <laughs> Adam, could you you address this and also uh, you can also lead into uh you say something in spanish in a couple of our ads oh yeah the people have been harassing you about that yeah. as well but first start off with the dick and balls so here's the thing um <laughs> podcast is still extremely hard to sell and so um I, which is crazy because it's doing huge numbers and joe rogan uh had the 100 million dollar deal with spotify and you know if he's if spotify is paying him 100 million dollars that means that they think they can make 
More four or that. five times that off of yeah. Joe Rogan, that's right? Crazy. That's that's how that works. That's a licensing deal. They bought it. They spent a ton of money up front. And they said, we can profit after we make back our $100 million. That's a lot of money. And I think what, what's happened is you have to have um, specific buyers who um, understand why the medium is so powerful. It is an extremely powerful medium, but you have to remember that there are a lot of people, even in broadcasting, like people who, who are in radio. And Jesse and I are lucky to work at a pretty progressive company, uh, Steve as well, when it comes to this sort of stuff. But there are a ton of high-ranking, well-paid, extremely successful executives in radio who've never downloaded a podcast, have no idea what it means, not interested in it, don't listen to it. And I, I bet you in your life, the majority of people in your life still do not have a favorite podcast. I bet the majority of a certain age, you know, you people our age, people younger, usually you start to kind of grab onto certain shows that you like. And so what's happened is, and this is, is that um, for sports podcasts, you get lumped in with, you know, it's a, it's a male for better or for worse. Um, it's a bit of a male slant on sports podcasts right now. I don't say it always has to be that way, but that's who's buying right? So you got to sell to who's buying. And that's well, you can get blue chew as a stocking stuffer as well. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's like, that's the thing is that just because it's a, um, uh, a uh, sexual enhancement or however you want to qualify that uh, thing doesn't mean that women wouldn't buy it. And just because we're doing a sports podcast doesn't mean women aren't listening. It just means that you've got to remember if you're selling something, there's got to be a market for it. Somebody's got to buy it. That's who's buying. It's, it's like, you know, when you hear, um, you know, there, there's like certain podcast sponsorships that buy everywhere, like MeUndies or Manscaped or whatever. They're the ones that are buying. So you sell Zip the recruiter. ZipRecruiter Zip is recruiter, also one of them. Huge one. With uh, the blue. Uh, I mean, we blue, have that at BM with us. Uh, yeah, like the ton. There's a, and that's who's buying. So, um, uh, you know, there's still a lot of, and it's funny because it's pennies on the dollar sometimes in podcasts for, you know, what you would spend versus what the audience you get, uh, you, you get to, to tap into. Um, there are still a lot of advertising agencies who are the same as broadcast. They've never listened to a podcast. They have no idea how powerful this is. How, like, think about, think about the radio, right? You can walk into a random store and the radio will be on. And that's, that's called a passive medium because you might be listening, you might be not, but it's, it's on in the background. We're what's called an active medium. So you have to seek us out and download us or stream us. Think about the kind of passion it takes to go to a new, a, a relatively niche sport like hockey and download a podcast that has no mainstream coverage at all. Our show has zero. We have been an independent production from the beginning. This came from nothing. And, and any advertising that we have gotten, it wasn't from us. No. Like Spotify put us up in Union Station a bit. And, yeah, like we've been um, lucky that way, but we've never had... Uh, it was me doing the ads forever. It was me, like not me doing them, but like me selling them. And so I think, you know, uh, a lot of times you'll see that with a lot of podcasts that are um, sports related or whatever, is they kind of just do a group buy and that's what, that's what costs. So that's why that's the, uh, the answer from a, uh, from a media perspective of why that's happening. I expect that to change, but you have to remember that we are just still at the beginning stage of podcasts really taking off and being a really like viable source of money. When we started um, this podcast, I remember about three years in actually, it's not even right away. 
they, there was an article printed in a broadcast magazine that said podcasting this year will be a market of $100 million. Now, compare and contrast five years later. That's still when we were doing it in my mom's basement, Steve. Joe Rogan alone made $100 million. Right. Right? So that's the growth <laughs> we're at. And we're talking about a growth curve that's still probably 10, 15 years away from being where it'll be when it starts to even out and flatten out and be in its peak. And so it's, it's, a, it's an enormous medium that is still relatively untapped by a lot of agencies who frankly do not understand it. And it will take people our age and younger and a little bit older too, getting into those high ranking positions at PR companies, at advertising agencies to shift that. And what, ha- what has to happen is you got to be old enough to take it. Like I'm 32 years old. I've been radio for 15 years already, 15 And I am still, I'm just at the point where I'm a morning show host in the last couple of years. It takes time. And that's why there's that little bit of a curve behind. And that's the, that's the best example I can give you. Can you talk about how you don't know how to speak Spanish? Oh yeah. Also that. Um, so apparently the, uh, <laughs> with my babble read, uh, I, I tried to say go leaves go, but apparently what it's, it's closer to, there was a couple of people that reached out and they're like, I don't know what the hell you're saying. And I'm a Spanish speaker first and foremost. Uh, but apparently it says the leaves are falling. Oh, no, uh, not go leaves go. Can you explain so, the whole ad? Cause you're why they've been losing. Well, babble, if you haven't heard our, our babble ad, it's basically, yeah. it's learning a language 15 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. So, it's so at not, the beginning, you demonstrate what you've learned by saying "go leaves go" in Spanish, and which you're I not saying. I learned. Yeah. I did not. So, what the, <laughs> the better way to do it is "vamos leaves" or "leaves vamos." Oh. So uh, that's the that's my correction that's been sent to me by several of our uh, Latino uh, listeners, and thank you so much for for sending that. They apparently just got a huge kick out of it, thought it was hilarious, and, and my pronunciations aren't good anyway. So um, I'm working on it. It listen, it's tough to be a single dad and try to learn Spanish. <laughs> I love yeah. Spanish. I think it's a beautiful language. Those two things have me, nothing to do with each other. <laughs> give me a breather. I don't have any time, okay? I got 15 okay. minutes at a time to do Babel. Thank God they do it in 15 minutes. Okay? But wait, you wait till you're a dad, Jesse. You see how much free, free time All you right. get. Just throwing that out there. I'm going to get my ad reads right. That's All what right. I'll do. Well, fine. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Jesse. What would we I'm do besides be more confident? Nothing. <laughs> hey, you need something for your dick and balls to be bigger? We got it. That's not what they're for. They're That's not. not what the hey, we're a product will make your balls bigger. We're not. Jesus. No. Oh. But anyway, listen, thank you so much for listening. We're gonna wrap it up on that. Uh and uh we'll be back on Monday, I hope. Is it sgpn.ca to enhance your DNB? That's right. And don't knock your lights over like I almost did. My t-shirt came. Get your chug mug. And <laughs> Get it. Say it, Steve. Get it. Say it to end the show. Get the chug what mug. are you going to say? And you can't do what I was going to say. I don't get it. Anyway, we'll see you Monday. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.